welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 473, take two of the Self-Help Podcast. Uh, with me, Edward Lamb, and me, good pal, Sean Orford. How are you, Sean? I'm good. You're looking I'm well. Good. I am getting there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting a video up as I did for a while on the show. But, dear listeners, I can tell you that Sean's looking rosier in the cheeks, and I think you've put a bit of weight on as well, sir. Yeah, I have. I have. Um, mainly due to the fact that um, Ree does these amazing. Um, they're. Uh, oh. Who's that? No? Uh, I thought someone was at the door. Uh, she does amazing kind of milkshakes in the morning that are 800 calories to, to give me some energy. Keep Beautiful. Me, uh, yeah. Very good. Yeah, cool. Well, I'll say take two because last week um, we did record an episode and it was just, I think it was just like moments before Liz Truss was about to be sworn in as the Prime Minister of the of the UK. Yeah. I didn't get. I'm not. I didn't get to publish the, the episode in time to really take advantage of it. And then uh, the Queen died, uh, as you might have heard about in the. Uh, yeah. Kind of impossible not to have noticed, no matter where you are in the world. Yeah. Uh, so I decided not to publish it in the end, and I've had some some of my own stuff going on. I've got all sorts going on in my life, uh, good, bad, ugly, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I thought we'd hit, erase it, and just start again. How's that sound? Well, if you're into astrology, um, Mercury has been retrograde, which means it's to do with lots of things start ending. Oh, right, okay. Which goes through till, I I reckon, about the middle to the end of October before before the effect goes. And um, a lot of astrologers have been saying it's to do with the, the age of Aquarius and the age of Pisces, like endings. And it's like the amount of people that I know who are going through difficulties in that sense, you know, like like a very good friend of mine whose dog just died. You know, I've just been through what I've been through and my heart stopped and then started. And, you know, you've been going through what you've been going through with your family. And, I mean, it's like there are so many people that I'm working with who are having to face big changes. Yeah. yeah? And I could say, well, I'm just reading that into it, aren't I? You know, <clears throat> and then amidst all that, uh, Elizabeth pops off. And uh, and that's like, you know, okay, to me, uh, she's obviously been alive all my life and uh, and there. Uh, and it's the end of an era in lots of ways. Yeah. Um, and as I was saying to you earlier on, uh, I used to work at Windsor Castle um, back in the uh, end of the 60s um, into the, the beginning of the 70s. And um, I, um, I never met her, um, but I, I did uh, see Philip. Um, okay. And he was nosing at the work we were doing. We were photographing uh, the letters and all the papers of the Tudors and the Stuarts onto mm-hmm. microfilm. Okay. And, um, and uh, he was nosy and very interested in what we were doing. Yeah. Very curious kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. All sorts yeah. of stories popping up. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, 
I'm not sure what the kind of the uh, what I'll call this. I mean, we, I guess it's weird. We've got a nation in mourning, so we can talk about death. We can talk about mourning and grief and all that kind of stuff, which we have done episodes about in the past. But it's it's strange, I guess, isn't it, when you've got a nation or a good chunk of the nation and, and further afield, you know, an entire commonwealth and world in, in mourning for someone that they've never met, probably, or never even come close to for a lot of us. So it's a strange kind of feeling. You talked about end of an era there. That's a phrase we use a lot. A lot of people, isn't it, when your local shopping centre closes or the cinemas yes. closes down? Oh, it's the end of an era or that kind of thing. Whereas mm-hmm. when a when a monarch passes away, it is well, uh, it's the actual end of an era, isn't it? And uh, well, the, the, there's something um, that uh, to me is very very relevant. Um, there, there's a part of the Ayurvedic philosophers which is called bhakti. And bhakti means service. And when people talk about yoga, they usually think about heads down, bums up, kind of physical exercise. Um, and yoga just means to yoke in, um, to gather together. And the, there were eight branches of yoga, uh, of which bhakti was one. So you, you could be a bhakti yogi, which meant that you lived a life of service to others, which is what I was trained in by my uh, my teacher and the that idea about being of service to others has always been important to me and i think that that's what whether you look at gandhi or mother Teresa, you know lots of people but i think when you look at elizabeth you're looking at someone who was a bhakti she was she was serving other people mm. um, and that takes a big, a big thing to be able to put your own ego on one side. Um, and you can't do it all the time, but uh, if the majority of time you can, um, to, to help and serve other people, then that's, that is a big thing. Yeah, I'm trying to, I mean, I'm trying to process it in my own head. I'm, I'm not like, I've got especially strong feelings about the monarchy uh, one way or another. And maybe I should do, I'm a Green Party member, so I'm probably technically like a republican like oh, like should be campaigning to have the monarchy like abolished uh or removed um so i need to look into that <laughs> but, <laughs> but um yeah i get that idea some people are saying you know she didn't do anything and like she kind of didn't did she she was you know she had to be politically very stable um a lot of the time yeah she she did seem like a quite quiet quiet shy reserved lady and but sometimes doing nothing is harder than it looks, isn't it? In the sense that to not kind of start going off on one to bring your own kind of ego into to something is is hard. So to do that for 90 odd years, um, if you can understand why she was doing that quite deliberately, mm. um, deserves a bit of praise probably, I would say, doesn't it? I, I think that, um, that that idea of serving others um doesn't mean that you have to make grand gestures and start organisations. It could simply be that you're of service to the people around you, which I think is what she she was. Um, someone was going on to me the other day about, um, you know, they, they've got a book out and they want the book to be, you know, successful and famous and all that kind of stuff. Um, and how much of that is to do with their own ego and look at me, aren't I lovely? as opposed to um, what is it that the book's going to be doing for other people. And my comment was, 
if in any, any of the books that I write affect one person positively, then they've done their job. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a million seller. If you, if you get it right for one person and change their life and help them, whatever, you've done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Um, and I, I think that in, in the current day and age with um, uh, multimedia stuff that's going on, I'm being distracted by the television because we're moving people and bodies around again um, <laughs> on the uh, Edinburgh airport. So it's people being shunted. Okay. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I, I think that with like that is on the telly now. Yeah. So it's, it's like it's mainline stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas actually affecting other people, I mean, it, it's a bit like your your little dog Cooper could actually change, save someone's life by just being who he is. Yeah, you know, he could go up to someone in the street who's feeling absolutely desperate and at the end of it, and just the look in his eye, the fact that he goes up and gives them a cuddle or whatever, mm-hmm. could change who they are. And that, to me, is back to that service. So, okay. so my thing about if we all look after each other, it'll all be all right is a backy thing. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, watching. I've been working at home and what um, last couple of days, and uh, generally had the news on in the background. Sometimes it gets a little bit monotonous, but it's all like the BBC is like wall to wall monarchy stuff. But it's interesting a lot of the time, especially now. I've got it in the background too, and there's, yeah, and that's Prince Charles probably about to get on his jet back. To go back to London. See, it's not Prince Charles, it's King Charles. Jeez, did I say Prince Charles ended up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh my and it's God. hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. King Charles, or yeah. the king, is going to hop on his plane back down, down to London. Um, so it's it's interesting. It's, it's kind of sort of semi exciting, I guess. Um, uh, but yeah, I've, I've, the things I've most enjoyed about the coverage is when they've just invited like ordinary people to tell their stories about meeting the Queen. And how yeah. they've, bumped, they've bumped into her on a walk, or you know that maybe they've worked done some work at Balmoral, that kind of thing, and uh, yeah. those like normal little interactions over there. And they've generally the, 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 there must be some bad stories. Like they caught, I'd like yeah. to hear when they caught the Queen on a bad day. <laughs> yeah, um, generally they're actually she sounds like she had a good sense of humour. Uh, yeah, the, the one that made me laugh, which kind of surprised me in a way, was uh, Theresa May in Parliament, talking about dropping the cheese. Oh, right. Didn't miss that one. No, she, she was at a, a picnic with the Queen and was, was, she had to put some cheese on the table and the cheese fell off the plate and landed on the floor. Um, so she actually thought she was sneaking and she picked the cheese up and put it back on the plate and put it on the table and turned round and the Queen had watched it all. <laughs> and, and she... She said she just kind of smiled at her. (laughs) (laughs) But the cheese stayed on the table. Okay. And that made me laugh. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's cool little things like that, man. And there was quite a lot during the Jubilee as well, uh, which aren't, you know, little human, little story, human stories about a person who uh, was human, but you kind of, I don't know, she might have spent a lot of the time pretending not to be human or to, to be a, the queen so uh nice to hear little little stories like that isn't it yeah 
And it, it's like my experience over the last um, few months, couple of months uh, in hospitals, and the amount of good people that I met has really kind of restored my faith in human nature, which at times flags. You know, you listen to everybody slagging everybody else off on social media and being generally kind of horrible. Um, and, it's, and it's like it doesn't have to be like that, you know, with a little kind of readjustment. We can start to be positive with each other and give each other a chance to, to be positive back, you yeah. know. And, and I get it that these things are examples of that. And uh, the day that um, uh, the Queen ate a grotty sandwich and was as miserable as sin, we don't hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure she got out of bed, the, the wrong side of bed every now and again, like we all do. Yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah one thing I want to talk about as well, I, I saw a Twitter thread by Dr. Catherine Mannix that I'll link in the show notes. Really interesting about the idea of ordinary dying was the, the phrase that she used, but it explains the kind of process because that the Queen has gone through in the last um, year or so to kind of get, like almost stage manage her, her death, which is really fascinating, really. If you think the, the kind of, you know, during the Jubilee celebrations where she was coming and going quite a lot and she, she wasn't always there for some of the big occasions, sometimes she was, so she was quite, it seemed like she was quite aware of what her body was capable of, you know, at the time it was frustrating probably for other people and maybe for people watching like, where is she? Mm. Uh, but she knew, she knew what she was doing by the looks of it. And even in the last week uh, before her death, um, it, the world was going nuts, obviously, because we'd had a, a new prime minister that needed to be sworn in. Mm. It seemed like from, from what I can see now that she was in Scotland and she stayed there. So she, she called on the, the, Boris Johnson and Liz Truss to come to her because she wanted to be in Scotland for her final weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a photo of her before she met Liz Truss where she looks old, but she looks kind of happy and like like she had enough energy for the occasion. So she's obviously saved enough energy to get through that and do it properly within two days, obviously. Then we get the note in the news whether the Queen's in, quite ill in bed. Um which is quite an unusual thing to hear. And you kind of think that this must be it. And sure enough, hours later, she died having had probably just enough time to maybe say goodbye to uh, the new King and maybe some more family members that could get there in time. And it's, it seemed like a really perfectly executed kind of last six months of her life. Uh, well, well staged. But... Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean though? Like she got all of her, affair, her affairs in order of which she, she has more than most, I would guess. But not of all of us get that chance because, you know, you never know what's going to come for you. Um, I don't know. Over life, both personally and professionally, I was trying to work it out. I've, I've dealt with over 100 deaths in my life. I was trying to count them. But, I mean, it's a lot of people. I did a lot of hospice work for a long time and, and stuff. And it's like the, the two things that I'm very aware of is that the first thing is that before people die, they rally so that they can appear to be going down and everyone's going, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then in the period of time just before they die, which might be a few hours, it might be a couple of days, two or three days, they'll suddenly rally and appear to be getting better. And everybody goes, oh, my God, they're going to make it, and then they die, Yeah. right? 
to the point where I can remember working in an elderly mentally ill unit and there were people there who were Alzheimer's, demented, were away with the fairies, as it were, um, and, and, and spent the last few years crying like a chicken in the corner, mm. who suddenly, for a few days before they died, knew who they were, where they were, had perfect memory, and were exactly fine, and then they died. Yeah. yeah? And I have no way of explaining that, how that happens or why that happens, but that kind of thing. And, and the other thing that I'm very aware of is the, the amount of times someone has been terminal and the family put in a, a rotor. So there's always someone with them and, you know, they're, they're, they're day and night. They're doing all kinds of stuff. And then someone's doing the, the afternoon shift or the night shift on their own and um, being sat next to the bed and they go and have a pee. And when they go and have a pee, the person dies. <laughs> it's, it's as though they had to be alone, you know, wow. to, to, as though people were holding them back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I've seen lots of things like that happen repetitively, which made me think, okay, this is a part of. But that idea that she could have been aware of her death and her dying, her, her physicians would have been saying to her, because she probably had the kind of constitution where you could have those kind of discussions, you know, how long have I got? Yep. And that they would have been saying, you know, well, you know, we reckon. Because, I mean, doctors tend not to say it so much now um, because some of them do get it wrong. But uh, very often a doctor who's experienced, you know, uh, will say this person's got about three months and usually they're about right, mm-hmm. you know, because they're so used to dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she was. She probably did have a lot of awareness of the fact that she was going before she went. And yes, yeah, she could have uh, managed that around. Okay, I'm going to get. I want to go here, mm. and uh, they're going to have to come to me because I'm not going down there. <laughs> you know, and that's fair enough. You know, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I think also judging by all this stuff um, in the last few days, I think I think wanting to be in Scotland for the end seemed quite deliberate as well. Like that was where she. Yeah. Was spend her final weeks and also you know because there's been such an outpouring of emotion from scottish people yeah yeah and it's almost as if yeah she's trying to say because there's there's more talk about like a scottish independence kind of cropping up so i think it's a little final dig if that's the right word just to say you know we need to stick together and you know i really love this place and uh, i think we're better stronger together that kind of thing Uh, so but doing it quite clever subtle you know, quite loving kind of way, if you know what I mean. But it, it's a very real thing, isn't it? I mean, like, if you knew you were going to die next week, where would you like to do it? Mm. You know, who would you like to be there? Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. And if you could manage it, how would you manage it? Um, and I, I think that's very real for all of us. Yeah, and we'll, maybe we'll find out in the coming months what, you know, a last visits to Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle, whether any of the staff had an inkling then that she wouldn't be returning or that they, she, she said goodbye to the place, that kind of thing. Yeah. You kind of start to hear that stuff as as you process the, the death of someone, don't you, that it was the last time she came here. Do you remember what she said? That kind of thing. So, mm. um, Yeah. When, when my father-in-law died and uh, it was my job to go and sort the funeral out, um, it made me realise that whole thing about the difficulties of sorting out stuff after a death. 
which made me um, do things like I, I went and bought a funeral. They did have a special offer on um, and I thought I'll take advantage of this. But it's like I've already done it all. I've got a death box. So at the moment of my death, you can take the box down. It's got everything in it that you need. Ah, okay. Is in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, because it made me realise in all the sorting out after um, the kind of burden that we leave for other people. Yeah. Whereas if, if actually big, you know, why you're still compass mentors, you know, and, and these days we, we have things like living wills, like you can um, write down what it is you want to happen in terms of medical treatments and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have choices that you didn't have a generation ago. Mm. Yeah, and uh, when my uh, wife's grandfather died uh, 10, 15 years ago, maybe, um, I got to see him in hospital, actually, uh, before before he passed away, just a couple of days, maybe even the day before he died. But the, the nurse, um, we went back to kind of get his stuff, I think, and the nurse who'd been with him the night he died or the morning, um, I think she'd given him a piece of toast um, and he'd, he'd, he'd devoured it. And then she'd asked, um, can I get you anything else, Frank? And his, his words were, no, thanks, I've had enough. And she said, are you sure? And he said very deliberately to her, apparently, because she told us the next day, no, thanks very much. I've had enough. Like that was his last words. Not in a kind of, uh, like, I'm sick of this place. Like quite, quite a kind, like beautiful. I've had enough of life, but I'm, I'm moving on now. And she yeah. was really upset because she was like, oh, it was such an amazing thing to say. And he, he passed away in the night. And it was like, it's like he knew as well that uh, he'd had his last bit of toast. He'd kind of, he'd been well looked after and he'd had enough. <laughs> I hope it was a nice bit of toast. I think it was. I don't know. I I had that experience uh, a few weeks ago where my heart stopped and I was aware of the fact that I was separate to my body. And, and then when my heart started again and I banged back into my body and, and I was left with that very real sense of there being like a meat, Sean, um, like a body and this kind of energy, Sean, which do we call that spirit, soul, whatever. Yeah. that weren't talking to each other, but then started a conversation again. Mm-hmm. And I, I notice in everything that no one says, or you very rarely do you hear anyone say, the queen died. The queen didn't die, the queen passed. Mm. Yeah, and you know, like she passed on. And, it, and it's almost as though we, we have that kind of recognition of spirit self, soul self. Mm. Um, and um, I, I suppose if you're a straight materialist and you're into the physical world, then that's a load of nonsense. Uh, I know for me, from that experience, that it's, it's quite real. Um, yeah. But I, I, I wonder, um, you know, you've got Charles saying that, um, you know, my, my mama is going off uh, and to meet my papa again, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it, it's a very real thing, isn't it? Because... All of us can have ideas and beliefs about what happens when you die, but none of us truly know until we're there knocking on the door. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, yeah, amazing, isn't it? Um, well, this story's going to run and run, obviously, because it's a big deal, and I think this, well, the state funerals 
Monday, isn't it? Monday, yeah, a week yesterday. So yeah. as we're recording this on the Tuesday, so I'll definitely get this published before that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll talk next week more about it because it's going to be quite, yeah. quite yeah. the occasion, I think, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And and the, the all the issues that that family are left with, I mean, there was that um, thing when um, someone was abusing Prince Andrew. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before? And ended up being arrested for disturbing the, the peace. And they've got all that kind of stuff to, to to work through, which is quite quite difficult. The Charles inherits, and whereas the Queen inherited a whole world because her uncle abdicated. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, Charles inherits this this world that he's got to deal with. You've got no choice. Mm. You know, um, and I, I, I think that that he, we need to give him a break. You know, mm-hmm. let him get used to it and settle in and do yeah. what he's got to do, kind of thing. I can go along with that. I mean, uh, it's going to be fascinating yeah. to watch it, to be honest. So let's, uh, yeah, let's see. All right, have you got a resource as such? I'm not sure we've had time to think. Uh, no, no, I haven't really got a resource. You know, my 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 resource, I guess, would be if you haven't done it, prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, make sure you got your will done, make sure you know what's happening. Because, again, I've worked with so many families where someone's died and there hasn't been a will. They've died intestate, as they say. Right. Uh, and the problems, oh, my God, the problems that it creates are enormous. You know, the problems that we leave for other people. Um, but, you know, because one of the things I learned a few weeks ago is how close you are to death, mm. um, and it's it's you know any of us, you know we could uh, you know walk out on the road and be hit by a bus tomorrow, and we think nah, no, no, yeah. of course I won't. I'm going to live forever, me and I. I get your affairs in order and all that stuff. Yeah, there's something yeah. to be said about that. <clears throat> and not see that as like oh my god, that's a negative thing to do. It's a good thing to do. You know, and and like I say, I've got a death box, um, which uh, I do need to update. I do update it every so often. You know, make sure it's got you know any passwords in it that need to be there, you know, any information that needs to be there in the event of me not being here. Yeah. You know, rather than people running around going, "Oh my God, where's that piece of paper?" Hopefully, it's all there in the box. Yeah. Yeah. You know. All right, cool. Um, we'll leave it there for now, Sean. I'm sure we'll talk a yeah. bit more about this stuff next week as the nation mourns and we uh, deal with the uh, the aftermath of it all. Lots of interesting things going on, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. And and like I say, reflection, self-reflection, decisions. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. All right, we'll, uh, we'll crack on. We'll uh, yep. keep going. We'll keep calm and carry on and all that. Yeah. And I'll... <laughs> I'll see you again next week. All right. Yeah, keep smiling through. I will. We'll get there, eh? <laughs> yeah. All right. You take it yeah. easy. You, you take care. Bye. See you, everyone. Bye.